welcome back to the Entertainment Goes Pop podcast, where all things entertainment cross over with all things pop culture. That means all topics are fair game here, whether it's TV, movies, music, video gaming, sports, a lot of discussion on all those topics on this podcast. This week I've got discussion on season two of The Mandalorian. I have watched it, very awesome. I'm gonna put that at the very end of this podcast because I'm gonna talk spoilers. I'm gonna put it at the very end of the podcast to where if you haven't seen it, and you don't wanna know spoilers, you can bail out before I get to that discussion on it. Got discussion on Green Arrow and the Canaries, the spinoff. It's not good news. I'm gonna talk about that. I'm gonna talk some 90210 some video game stuff, and the news of is Chris Evans in or out with Marvel? Is this is this a thing? Is it not a thing? Who do we believe? Who do we not believe? And more topics coming up on this week's edition of the podcast. So is Chris Evans in or out? with reprising his role as Captain America. That is the big question today, as Deadline came out with a report today saying that Chris Evans was going to be reprising his role as Captain America in at least one upcoming Marvel film, but with the potential for a second. Marvel has not commented on it. As the story got going and started running wild, everybody got all excited. Chris Evans went on Twitter and said, News to me with a shrugging emoji. (laughs) So, just enough to kind of squash the excitement and confuse people here, but... So, I don't know. Marvel has a real history of when these stories break like this, to where they try to get out ahead and kind of shut it down a little bit. You know, I mean, there was the story lately, you know, of Haley Steinfeld to where she was going to be going to be on Hawkeye and they got out ahead of that story and was like no not true blah 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 you know and kind of shut that thing down so i mean there's definite history we we know how marvel kind of works with this kind of a deal to where you know they try to when these stories get out they they try to shut them down and kind of quiet them and stuff so i don't know so is chris evans in or out That is the question. We will have to see if this story holds, or is Marvel just messing with us again? I'm sure we'll find out soon. If you heard an audible groan and my heart breaking a little bit last week, it was over the news that Green Arrow and the Canaries is not going to be picked up as a spinoff, which was completely shocking to me because it just seemed like that thing was going to go. And I don't know why the decision was made to not go through with it. You know, I talked about here recently on the podcast, I've talked a couple times on the podcast, just how deep of a desire I had for this thing to go. Um, This was going to be the spinoff from Arrow. And they actually did a pilot episode for this spinoff during the last season of Arrow, and it performed very well. That's what's even more baffling. This, the episode that was the spinoff pilot, did 890,000 viewers. 
and it was a season high. That was the highest rated episode of the season was that besides the crossover episode, you know, obviously the crossover is going to draw, but yeah, that, so, I mean, there was interest there and the feedback on that episode was very good and people were very excited as was I, you know, at the thought of continuing on the Mia Queen story, you know, that was something I was really pumped about, you know, where we had, that pilot episode, you know, took place in the future in 2040. And just, you know, they left us on quite the cliffhanger there on that 2040 episode to where it laid the groundwork of of that uh, spinoff. So I don't know what happened, but it's, it's very disappointing because that was something I was really looking forward to. And like I said, Mia Queen, that character is just awesome. I love Kat McNamara in that role. So Kat McNamara took to Instagram and probably to and to Twitter, you know, all her socials to uh, put out a little statement out there about it. She said, thank you for letting me be a part of your story, even for a little while. From Black Star to Star City, thank you for joining Mia on her journey. What seemed a dawning hood to fill soon felt like family, and I have nothing but love, gratitude, and fond memories for everyone who was a part of bringing her to life. I hope that, like Oliver, Mia is merely the beginning of a new generation of heroes and stories to come. While also, she mentioned, you know, putting out her thank yous and everything for that. And you can, of course, find her on her socials. She is on Instagram at cat.mcnamara. So yeah, this is oh, it's such a bummer. You could have you could have probably heard me scream last week with a big no when I heard that news because I was just shocked. Because I said how we hadn't heard anything, but every everything was sounding like that thing was gonna go before the like pre-pandemic or like early pandemic. Maybe that's the better word. Early pandemic is that all signs were pointing to that that thing was going to be a go. So I don't know where the change happened. You know, it seemed like this must have been a network decision, because I think everybody else was going for it. I mean, even uh, even the Arrowverse EP was, you know, posting his uh, disappointment on it. So, man, I hate for that to not be wrapped up. Oh, I'm so frustrated, because that's... That just was going to be such a good show, and I just could not wait for that. Ugh. So I wonder if any of the Arrowverse shows will somehow tie this up. I mean, with that being in 2040, I mean, obviously, I guess you could take Legends and have them, you know, time travel to 2040 or something. And tie that up. I don't know. Just very disappointing. I mean, that's that's the news. When I first saw it, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to talk about this on the podcast. And and uh, work through my morning period on, uh, <laughs> on the podcast of my disappointment that the show is not going to go. lot of talk on the CW this week as they've been talking about kind of what they've been doing kind of working around the pandemic and everything and how it's affected 
their shows. Of course, we've got several shows that are getting ready to come out with their new seasons, which includes The Flash, Riverdale, Legacies, Batwoman, All-American, Nancy Drew, Walker, Black Lightning, Charmed, Superman, and Lois. They are all set to premiere within the next six weeks. Uh, of course, mid-season, we're going to see Supergirl, In the Dark, Roswell, New Mexico, Stargirl, Dynasty, Legends of Tomorrow, Kung Fu, and Republic of Sarah. We're going to see those launch around mid-season, which has been typical, especially of Legends of Tomorrow. They've been kind of getting that mid-season launch here lately, so that's not really a surprise. Uh, there's a lot of discussion on what they're going to do as far as pandemic cost and production costs. Of course, there's been several shows that I know of that when they first started going back to work and shooting these new seasons, that because of because of coronavirus, they would have something happen, outbreak or whatever, new regulations or something where they'd have to shut production down on some of these shows temporarily. So they've really had to work around that and adjust to that. And, you know, they talk about how they're not really sure kind of how they're going to handle this going forward, you know, with cost and production, and that they might actually have to maybe pull some some season orders down as far as how many episodes or, or yeah, I don't know, just trying to figure out how they're going to kind of adjust to that. One thing that it's going to affect is apparently we're not going to have any Arrowverse crossover. Uh, TV Line had an article today talking about that, you know, the there was going to be a crossover between Batwoman and Superman and Lois, and it's been canceled because of the pandemic, because they very much have everybody kind of in their own bubbles, is kind of what I've understood, where they kind of have everybody kind of separated. So this, of course, means with Supergirl, uh, with this being Supergirl's last season, that there's not going to be any more crossovers with Supergirl. So that's that's disappointing and a bummer, you know, that we're not going to have another Supergirl crossover. So, I mean, every year the crossover event has just been you know, a huge thing. Of course, it was last year. It was epic last year with how it all tied together. But in this current day and age with how everything is with the pandemic, you just you just can't really cross people over. You know, you can't really move people across to where, you know, it's like you might have an outbreak or something and production shuts down, you know, and then that's not good. So, you know, it's just kind of another thing where the CW's having to kind of work around this. And they even talked about um, deadlines. Also got an article where they were talking to uh, talking to the chairman CEO of CW kind of about this. And that they're kind of backing off doing a lot of new shows where they're just kind of wanting to extend with their old that's kind of what i got out of these articles is that they're just trying to hold what they've got right now and mostly stick with that till they can kind of ride out of this thing you know and see what it's going to look like on the other side so some definite interesting news from the cw with uh 
you know, a lot of these shows getting ready to roll out with their new seasons. The Alex Trebek run of Jeopardy ended last week as his final episodes aired on TV. Just such a great tribute. Uh, they ran this really nice video at the very end of his last episode. It was just so sad. I tuned in and watched the last episode and, you know, they really captured, you know, that moment of him, you know, walking off the stage and what was so amazing, it's like he didn't, he didn't do any kind of big, like, farewell, anything. It was, see you next week. You know, that was, that was how it wrapped up. You know, it just wrapped up in typical Alex Trebek fashion. And they did this really nice video to wrap it up, just looking back on all his years, you know, with the funny moments and just, uh, really capturing his personality and just it's just very sad you know I just I can't imagine that show you know without him uh first first guest host that stepped in for Alex was you know one of the greatest Jeopardy players of all time Ken Jennings you know he was the first one and first thing he did was walk out and say a little thing about Alex and this is what he said he said, sharing this stage with Alex Trebek was one of the greatest honors of my life. Not many things in life are perfect, but Alex did this job pretty much perfectly for more than 36 years, and it was even better up close. We were dazzled by his intelligence, his charm, his grace. Really, there's no other word for it. Like all Jeopardy fans, I miss Alex very much, and I thank him for what he did for all of us. Let's be totally clear, no one will ever replace the great Alex Trebek, but we can honor him by playing the game he loved. And of course, his he was getting very choked up as he said this. So it was just, uh, just great words, you know, to uh, start that first episode off. Jeopardy! also announced this week some more of their upcoming guest hosts that they're going to have, including Katie Couric, Aaron Rodgers, Bill Whitaker, and Mayim Bialik. So those are some upcoming guest hosts that you have to look forward to as they step in and host Jeopardy. Yeah, I mentioned that I had HBO Max here lately. So one thing I did was took advantage of that and looked through there and went through some movies and things to add to my watch list of things that I had wanted to see and just hadn't got to it yet. One of those was Shazam, the 2019 DC Comics movie. It stars Zachary Levi in the, in the lead role. That's a movie I've been wanting to check out for a while, and it was fun. It was a fun movie. It reminds me a lot of Big, like the 80s movie Big that starred Tom Hanks, where, you know, as a kid, where suddenly he becomes an adult, and, you know, he's in an adult body. It really reminded me of, like, of that movie, to where Shazam was basically like the comic book version of that, to where you're, you're a kid, and then suddenly you're an adult. Not only are you an adult, you're a superhero, and you have powers, and you're trying to figure out what kind of powers you've got, what you can do, the silly things you can do, you can show off for your friends, you know, just, I mean, if you were a kid and you suddenly could become a superhero, what would you do if you were a kid in that body? And that was basically what that movie involved, you know, where he's around his family 
and around his his brother, you know, he ends up in a foster family, and he ends up paired up with a brother, with the brother in that family, and they uh, they end up forming a pair to where, of course, the brother is like just hardcore uh, superhero person, comic book fanatic. So of course he's just like you're the only person I can talk to about this. So you're the only person that will understand. And of course he's like, this is awesome. I, you know, and he's right in there with him. And it just reminded you of like, this is what two kids would do if they were suddenly, one of them was a superhero and the other one was like his, you know, like his sidekick, <laughs> you know, with like the hijinks they would get into. And of course also the drama that they would get into as well to where, you know, you want to show off your superhero friend or brother or whatever, you know. And uh, it was just a fun movie. I, I really enjoyed that. Of course, I'm a Zachary Levi fan. I love Chuck. Uh, Chuck is one of my favorite shows of all time. If you've never seen Chuck, go out of your way to watch it. Just You will love it. Just trust me. It's just such a great balance of everything you'd want in a show. And I just can't recommend that show enough. So when I saw Zachary Levi was going to be in this, I was definitely in to watch it. I think I saw the trailer. I think I saw the trailer at the movies, actually. I was like, oh, cool, Zachary Levi's in this, so I'm going to check it out. So he was definitely the draw for me to check out this movie. So, yeah, Shazam is up on HBO Max if you want to check it out, if you haven't seen it. It was a very enjoyable show, for a uh, very enjoyable movie for me. I had a lot of laugh out loud moments at it. I know several scenes just really made me laugh out loud. So yeah, it's up there on HBO Max if you want to check it out. Last week's Beverly Hills 90210 show podcast had a really interesting topic that I was very much wanting to check out and get some more backstory of, and that is the focus back to season three, which was the child is father to the man. And then also coming out of the previous episode, which was Dead End. This was season three. This was the famous episode to where Jack McKay gets blown up in the car. You know, Dylan McKay's dad. And, we, you know, we get to learn more, like, about the, the whole FBI scandal that was going on around him and all this. And basically the story at the time was, you know, that Jack and Dylan had really just had a just a rough start, you know, all through their lives and everything. Of course, Jack had been in jail. He gets out and things are going really well. They're bonding. And we just, right before that moment, we have... You know, the big scene where they're, they're yelling and singing, take me out to the ball game, and they hug, and, and it was just this really nice moment, and then you cut to, like, the explosion outside. It was it was a tough episode to watch. It's, it's an episode that I will not go out of my way to watch, <laughs> just because it's a really sad and just rough episode to watch. I really kind of had a tough time watching uh this particular podcast the video of it but i really wanted to watch it just because i wanted to get more backstory on it and even more so they had uh they had josh taylor on that played jack mckay 
So I was really interested to get his perspective. And they also had Valerie Wildman that played Christine, that was Jack's girlfriend on the show. And they just provided a lot of good information on this episode, a lot of good backstory. Of course, they had the producers, directors on there. And Rosen talked about, he said that, and of course I was curious to, you know, you always wonder like how far in advance did they have these things planned? You know, who knew what? And, you know, Rosen talked about how he said the plan was always that that was how that package, that storyline package was going to finish. Like they had their plan, it was all packaged up, and then it was going to end with that with the car. And, uh, you know, Josh said that he, they asked him when, they asked him when he was told, you know, on when, it's like, yeah, you're getting ready to get blown up in this car, <laughs> you know, and that's going to be it for your character. And Josh said that he was told and that he was trusted with the information. So he did know before, you know, pretty much anybody else, I guess, besides the producers and everything. But they said that at that point, um, the producers said they were very locked down with information because they knew stuff was getting out from the show. Like they had a leak. There was somewhere within the show they had a leak to where stuff was getting out to the Inquirer. And this was something that they definitely did not want to get out, you know, with where they were going to go with the storyline. So they, and then they they talk like that they pretty much figured out later they plugged their leak is what they said. It sounded like it was in the makeup area or something was where their, uh, where their show leak was, which is kind of interesting. And one thing that was, that I liked that was good information. I hadn't really noticed this. Well, I'm sure I noticed it, but I hadn't thought about it in a long time because it's been forever since I've seen this episode. But Rosen talked about how that they had always intended to bring Jack back and that they were going to bring him back soon. And they said, if you notice that they never show him in the car or they never showed him getting in the car. So I thought that was interesting to where it doesn't actually show, hey, he was in the car. Because if, you know, later on we learned, you know, way down the line seasons later that Jack actually did not get blown up in that car. So that was one thing that we did find out. And that they that was where, from the sounds of it on this podcast, it sounds like that's where they were intending on going, but they just never got to it because because of just different with show changes, like with Luke Perry, you know, where later on he left the show for a little while, and then when he came back, they were able to revisit that storyline and uh, bring that back. And Josh talked about, you know, I mentioned the take me out to the ball game uh, scene. He He just smiled so big talking about that episode with working with Luke Perry to where he said that... Uh, they rehearsed that scene so many times, the singing of Take Me Out to the Ball Game. And uh, you could just tell that that scene was something that really meant a lot to him. And it really was just such a powerful scene because it was that last moment of, you know, where we had seen just the rocky relationship of Dylan and Jack to that point. And we had this big scene to where 
they're singing that, you know, after they had pretty much been arguing, you know, and then it ends in this really just great hug between the two and that they're going to be okay, you know, and of course, you know, next scene, that's what, or next shot to outside and that's what happened. But one thing Josh talked about was that that particular moment, the way he played it was almost like a, he knew this was going to be the last time that he saw Dylan for at least a while, you know, that that's how they were playing it, how he was playing it as an actor, because he knew that he wasn't actually going to be in the car. So he was playing this basically as a, I'll see you later, kid, kind of thing. You know, that's kind of how he was playing it in his mind, as far as on the actor side. So that was, and that's how, you know, it was for Jack, you know, that Jack was, he knew what was getting ready to happen outside. So, yeah, and I mean, they all talked about just how great a story was. You know, Whitmore, the director of it, he talks about just how really great of a story this is from the Dylan McKay perspective because this was like a redemption story for Dylan because, you know, Dylan here has just had his whole world ripped apart. Dylan's really a loner anyway. That character was always a real loner. And they talk about how, you know, at this point, you know, now he's all alone and he's broken and that they talked about how the community around him is what healed him and led him back. And that's what uh, got him back up on his feet, you know. And Rosen, Rosen mentions, uh, you know, as far as like the stunt part of it with the car, you know, they, they talked about that this was the first real major stunt like this we'd ever gotten to do with the show, you know, here in the three seasons. And they, he said that they had one take. They had one take to get this thing right. That they were going to blow up this car. And that they just had to hope everything, all cameras were where they needed them to be. They had one take to get this thing right. And it was going to have to be good. And Josh said that he was there watching it when it happened. That there was a, you know, that he wanted to, he wanted to be there to see this happen. So he did say that. And, um... There's a lot of talk about, you know, in this in this particular episode, you know, Dylan is dealing with all this and he's battling with like his inner kid to where, you know, all the bad, the bad addictions and everything that Dylan had were pulling on him because of just what he had been through. And it's coming through the voice of his inner child, of his inner kid, which was also played by Luke Perry. They said that they had thought about getting another kid or or somebody to play that role, and then it was decided to just let Luke do it, but have him like in the role of himself as a younger kid. So it's like you see you see two Luke Perrys in the scenes together, to where you know it's like his inner self is like constantly on him, like riding him on things. It's like, will you just tell this person to get out of here? It's like, what What are we doing here? Just just tell them to get out of here where we can go out of here and we can go party or whatever. We can forget about this, you know, and stuff like that. And they just talked about how great, you know, they so complimented Luke Perry on how strong he was in these scenes 
you know, as the kid, but also as himself. And of course, later on, we do, we do see an actual, you know, younger version, you know, once, because there's the moment to where Dylan just finally snaps and he's like, shut up. I don't want to hear anymore. You know, I do not want to drink. I don't want to do this. Just shut up and leave me alone. And he just goes off about it. And then they cut the camera over and it's like it's broken, like the like the story of it's broken to where no longer is it the version of the kid that we'd been seeing where it was Luke in this other role. Now we see an actual like young teenager, you know, where he's just sitting there shocked, you know, with just a look of complete horror and fear on his face to where it's like now it was like the younger Dylan, you know, it was just really powerful and they really just compliment that so well. And um, Valerie Wildman really compliments just how great the casting was with how Josh Taylor and Luke Perry played those roles so well that they really came off so strongly as father and son and just how much that was. And Josh, it was it was really fun to watch Josh watch these scenes because they would roll clips um, in between, you know, while they were discussing it. And it was just really great to watch him just beam with smiles, you know, as he watched him like work with Luke Perry and everything. And I miss Luke Perry. I miss that guy so much. Just such a talented actor. And it's just it's just so wrong that we just don't have him with us anymore, you know. And I just it would have just been so amazing to get Luke's perspective on this episode. And there was just a lot of good information on this. And, you know, like I said, that, that episode back in the day was so powerful. It just tugged on your heart so hard, you know. And because I, I don't know, but it's like if you're a 90210 fan, it's like Dylan McKay was, he was often in the dark. You know, there was often like bad things going on with him. And I was always so happy when we got like happy Dylan and just like peaceful Dylan, you know, and it was just like, and he was goofing around and having fun. And then something bad would happen. And he'd pick up the alcohol and I'm like, no, <laughs> but you know, like they talked about with this episode, it's the community around him. It's the friends around him that got him through this and picked him back up. And then of course, later on, they, like I said, they revisited that storyline seasons later when Luke Perry returned and, you know, then we learn that his father wasn't actually in the car. So, yeah, if you can't tell, I'm on a major 90210 kick here lately. The Pluto channel, um, I watch that quite a bit. They, on one of the Pluto channels, they have a 90210 and Melrose Place channel to where they... They'll run like three episodes of 90210 and then they run like three episodes of Melrose Place and they just kind of jump all over the place. And usually if I don't if I don't have anything I'm watching or something, I just want to find something to watch. I'll be like, oh, let's see what episode they've got on today. I'm like, oh, okay, I like this episode. I'm going to watch this one, you know, and I'll check that out. So I've got that. But then also another podcast you need to check out if you are a 90210 fan uh, the 90210MG podcast that has started in like the last couple of months. It is Jenny Garth and Tori Spelling. What they are doing on their podcast 
is they are watching the episodes from the very beginning. So they are, each podcast focuses on a different episode. And so they watch the episode and then they do the podcast and then they talk about it, tell some stories, uh, just kind of give their perspective looking back on it. I've listened to a couple of those episodes and have enjoyed it. I think that's going to be a fun podcast. They've got some good stories and Tori Spelling's uh, memory on uh, just the happenings of stuff is rock solid. I mean, she remembers just everything. So she's going to have a lot of good perspective on this. I'm looking forward to uh, listening to more episodes of that. So yeah, if you're a 90210 fan, you've got the channel that's on Pluto. Go check that out. You've got the Beverly Hills 90210 show podcast, which that's with the producers, and then they bring on guests too. Like I said, they've they've had on a lot of good guests, and Jenny Garth has been on there on one podcast here lately. They've had they've had Brian Austin Green on. Uh, they bring they like to bring a lot of the guest stars on too, and bring them on there to talk about like some of the big guest stars that were recurring. And so you have that, and then you've got the 90210MG podcast with Jenny Garth and Tori Spelling, which is a lot of good stuff too. So no shortage of good stuff out there if you're a fan of the original Beverly Hills 90210 show. Some cool video game things going on here. Some cool announcements. Nintendo has announced that they are going to be releasing Super Mario 3D World Bowser's Fury this is an enhanced version of that game for, that was on the Wii back in Wii U back in 2013. It is going to release on the Nintendo Switch on February 12th. One thing that they're also going to release is this is the 35th anniversary of Super Mario Brothers, so they've got some cool things on the horizon to go with that. They're going to be releasing a special edition of the Nintendo Switch of the console, it's going to be a variant. It's going to have Mario Red and Blue. It's going to be the Mario Red and Blue edition. Features a red console, red Joy-Con controllers, blue straps, blue Joy-Con grips, and a red dock. It's also going to be included with a Mario-themed case and screen protector. So that is going to be very cool. That is going to be released on February 12th. So that's going to be a cool... Nintendo Switch console to buy if you do not have a Nintendo Switch. Good luck on getting it. <laughs> I don't I don't know how this goes as compared to the mayhem that was the Mario Kart 8 console that I speak from on experience as it took me a long time to get that uh, Mario Kart 8 <laughs> version of the Nintendo Switch, but I did get one, and I'm really enjoying my Nintendo Switch. So if you don't have a Switch, uh, look into it. I think you'll really love it. I know I have. I've played a few games on it, but this is very cool. If you're a Mario fan, uh, this red and blue edition of the console is very cool. One thing that's also coming out is Pokemon Snap. They're going to have a new Pokemon Snap game that is going to be released on April the 30th. Then it will be released in Nintendo eShop, on Nintendo Switch, and on Nintendo.com. Retail price of $59.99. Uh, so I'm sure that's going to be a big hit. On the PlayStation side, if, uh, if you're not familiar with PlayStation Now... 
they have a subscription service on there to where you know you get online gaming and stuff like that but every month you get free games and that's really the draw of PlayStation Now is like the surprise of every month of what games are you getting for free and let me tell you I mean they're good games there's several games um I was I subscribed to it last year my subscriptions actually ran out now but I subscribed to it last year and one of the games I got was NBA 2K20, you know, and there was a Star Wars game that I got. And just, uh, yeah, you get some free games every month on there. So the free games for January that have been released for PlayStation Now are The Crew 2, Surviving Mars, and Frostpunk The Console Edition. Those are your three free games that have been released for PlayStation Now that you can go and download and play this is the way let's talk some season two mandalorian spoilers here i'm going to talk about just the awesome surprise and just how this show ended up this current season i'm going to be talking spoilers here so trust me if you're watching the mandalorian and you have not watched this, you want to shut me up right now. <laughs> Just trust me. Uh, here we go. Let's talk about that finale and that last moment. Holy cow. Uh, you know, of course, we had the buildup, you know, where, uh, of course, we've, we've known this character. We called him Baby Yoda. Then it was officially the child. And then on to what his name actually is, which is Grogu. We learned that this season. And then we learned that for him to be reunited to the Jedi, that he had to be taken up to the top of this, this hill, mountain, whatever you want to call it, to where he could do his Grogu thing, <laughs> you know, and basically use the Force to where he could he could be detected, you know, and that the Jedi, if there were Jedi out there, because they say, you know, there's not many Jedi left. So if there's any Jedi out there that they will detect, you know, they'll detect him up there. So, of course, he gets kidnapped, you know, taken along on Moff Gideon's ship. All that goes about. Then Mando gets the whole crew together and, you know, they go for him. And... So we have the big battle that takes place on a Moff Gideon ship and things are looking bad, especially when, you know, we see the dark troopers get, uh, get released here. We, we get a tease to where it looks like things are going to be okay, where I'm like, okay, well that wasn't so bad when Mando, you know, sends them out into, sends them out into orbit <laughs> somewhere, send them out the back door you know, out into space. So they're like, okay, well, that wasn't as bad as we thought. Nope, they were coming back. And, you know, when all things are looking bad and they're cornered and, you know, this big army of dark troopers is coming in there, you know, and Moff Gideon says, y'all can do whatever you want, but it's like the only ones that are going to survive this are me and the child. <laughs> and the rest of you are going to be done. You know, and then about that time, we see an X-Wing pull up 
up onto the ship. And it's like, oh, what's this? You know, and Grogu is just, you know, he can feel it. You can see, like, immediately, you can see, like, his his whole demeanor change. Like, he can feel, the, you know, the presence. He can feel the force there. So we see this figure start roaming through the through the hallways there and we see that lightsaber swinging around and all we're seeing is we're seeing this on the monitors from where they're all trapped in and and we figure out i mean let's talk about it it's luke skywalker making his return holy cow that was super cool that was amazing and you know luke skywalker is the jedi that comes to take away young grogu you know to take him away to train him as a jedi and wow that was cool uh i mean what more can be said about that and it was just i'm curious to look into more on uh like how they went about producing that because that was really incredible how they did that and one thing i thought was just so cool because i had chills watching him come down that come down that walkway there coming through there i just had chills because you figured out who it was or figured out what who it probably was you know and one thing that i want to talk about is as far as we we saw the strength of like, just in case you forgot how powerful Luke Skywalker is, you got to see it here in the comparison of how he was able to just plow through these dark troopers. Because we saw, we know how strong Mando is. We've seen what that guy can do. And just like the, just the incredible odds that he's faced through the whole run of this series so far. And we see just how he always overcomes, you know, how just the strength that he's got. And we saw, you know, just good, just great groundwork laid here earlier in this, you know, before all this went down to where you see how much trouble he was having with one of them. You know, one of them got out and he trapped the rest of them inside and he did battle with one of them, and just one of those dark troopers was giving him way more than he could handle, you know, and he finally was able to battle back and take that one out, but behind him, or behind that one, was just an army of them. Now you cut to like, you know, 10 or 15 minutes later, and Luke Skywalker is coming through here and just taking these guys out left and right and just plowing through them and to and I just thought that was an incredible moment because it's just that reminder of remember how powerful Luke Skywalker is because he just mowed through <laughs> this whole army of dark troopers so yeah I just thought that was really well done uh, yeah, that was super cool, and they, it sounds like they really went to a lot of extremes to hide this moment, you know, with uh, not letting spoilers getting out, and even that they were not letting, like it wasn't even in the script, it appears, and they were just going to such extremes to make sure that this secret did not get out, and so glad it didn't, you know, because 
wow, that was cool. That was a really cool moment, especially to finish off what was yet another incredible eight episodes of The Mandalorian. This is just an incredible series. I love the first season. I love the second season just as much. And The Mandalorian is really becoming one of my favorite things of the whole Star Wars universe, you know, past and present. It's every time I start watching this show, I just get glued so quickly. The storytelling is so good. It's just, it's beautiful with how they shoot the show and the production of it. It just looks beautiful, especially when you see like behind the scenes of it, of how they actually do go about producing it. It's incredible what they're able to do. And this was just yet another fun season to where, you know, it's the next step of Baby Yoda, of the child, of Grogu, and, you know, what what this character is destined to be and the journey to get there. And I just love just the bond of Grogu and Mando, just with how how they connect and just how that relationship has just bonded, you know, to where really the story, you know, especially like the last three or four episodes um, is the links that he has bonded to him, to Grogu and the depths that he is going to go to, to make sure that he is protected because through the whole series, we have always seen that Mando can never show his face. You know, there's only one time he's shown his face, and that was in, you know, season one. But that's one thing we've never seen, is that was the big story, that he can never show his face. You know, we see, like, with the build of that, you know, we see, like, in the episode of The Believer, you know, which was chapter 15... We see Mando and Mayfield headed in, you know, into the enemy there, into the enemy territory. And, you know, one thing that Mayfield says to him on the way as they're going there, he says, you know, you always said that, you know, you can't, people can't see your face or you can't remove your helmet. Which is it? You know, which, which one is it actually? Because you're kind of blurring the lines here. And it's like, and now look at you, you're wearing, you're wearing like the uniform of the enemy here because this is what you've gotten to. Where, where's your line is basically what he's saying. And then we even get to the moment to where, you know, he's trying to get the coordinates and he walks up to that machine and he has, has to do the face scan and it can't scan him with the helmet on. So he takes the helmet off so they can do the face scan. So it was yet another one of those moments to where everything is all about saving Grogu. You know, everything that he has stood for and believed in and like the rules are broken. And he basically admits that, you know, he's basically like and he, you know, he's making deals like there's, a lot of people that are really probably cutting him pretty unfair deals, you know, in this uh, in this story as we get kind of toward the end. But every single one of them always results in 
that's fine, whatever, I don't care. I just want the child. <laughs> you know, it's like you can have, and he even says in the one moment where he's just like, you can have whatever you want. I just want the child. You know, and it's, he is so bound determined to make sure to take care of the child that he is willing to, you know, all rules are out the window. He's going to agree to whatever. He has one mission, and that's to save the child. And so I just thought it was really cool how they evolved it this season to where you see what he's going to do to protect that child, you know, and the bond that's formed between them. And there's just so many fun scenes between them, you know, early on, like uh, just just fun stuff, you know, just even out of like the regular battle things. That's what's so good about like the Star Wars universe that I just enjoy. It's They're so good at balancing, you know, the action and the seriousness of the stories, but then they'll throw things in there to make you laugh too, you know, whether it's lines or little funny scenes, you know, something to just kind of lighten it. Like the scene, I rolled at the scene where uh, Grogu, the child, whatever you want to say, is in there working on, <laughs> working on the ship and uh, Mando's trying to like coordinate it's like no hit hit the red the red wire get get the red wire and he's in there just you know <laughs> doing his thing like uh what do i do you know and he's like no take the take the red wire now where the blue wire is put the red wire there and he's in there just like what you know just playing around the red wire put put the red wire where the blue wire was no don't don't put them together no no whatever you do don't put them together no the red wire you know it was just it's very funny and i was just rolling at that scene and there was a lot of good there's been a lot of good stuff like that through the whole series and i think that that kind of stuff really shines on like their relationship to where it builds to this big epic moment as the season concludes to where you see the bond, you know, and so it's just very cool. It was a very awesome finish with how they tied it all up. And then if you stuck around through the credits, cause I was about to turn that thing off and I just kind of left it on and up comes, you know, another extra scene where they basically just gr just laid the groundwork there for the book of Boba Fett. You know, where uh, they basically, it was kind of like, here's how that show is going to go. And they're going to spin that off. And of course, they put the tag up there on the screen saying, uh, Book of Boba Fett coming on December 2021, which will be on Disney+. And then I'm very curious to hear, I don't know what they do with season three of The Mandalorian here. I don't know where we go from here. You know, the... With uh, the end of season one, I mean, we kind of had that, you know, going with, uh, to see where we were going, you know, we had the end where it was just like, you know, Gideon wasn't, wasn't gone. He was still there. So we knew it's like, okay, he's going to be back for his revenge. So he's still going to be the villain here. But with Luke Skywalker showing up and taking Grogu with him, uh, I don't know, I don't know what happens here for season three. I'm very excited to see where the story goes from here. If we see Grogu, if we see more Luke Skywalker, 
uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm very excited to check it out, though. But yeah, season two of The Mandalorian, so, 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 so good. There was a fun storyline earlier in the in the season where the Mandalorian, he agreed in exchange for information on where he was going to try to find these other Mandalorians. He agreed to take this frog across on a journey to where she was taking her eggs and to be reunited with her husband to where they were going to fertilize the eggs. And part of this deal was that because of the eggs being so fragile, they had to travel slow. They could they could go at sublight speeds. They couldn't go at full power. So, you know, Mandalorian's like, well, this is going to be a problem because, you know, I'm, I'm very, like, hunted <laughs> right now. And... And it, the really weird thing was that I saw other people commenting on this. I was like, it's like why, why is the child eating the eggs? I was like, this is really just kind of disturbing and creepy. And it's like, why? You know, why has this got to be happening? And it was just, it was a kind of a fun storyline all around. Because the whole time you're thinking, oh, this poor frog has no idea <laughs> what she's about to get into. <laughs> It's like, this isn't really probably the ship that you want to try to travel on, because there's a lot of chaos around him and and the child right now. So, and then, of course, they get, they get to the destination, and, you know, she gets out, and she's waiting there at, like, the dock or whatever, to where she's looking around for her husband, and just has this such a happy look on her face and in my mind I'm going oh no something something happened to her husband because she just she looked so happy and so excited I was like I it's like my heart is not gonna be able to take it if there's something happened to happened to her husband these eggs it's like my heart is not gonna be able to take this it's like this is probably why I do not watch these uh a lot of these Disney movies and stuff, because you get an animated character and you put all that kind of like sympathetic energy on them to where they're just so likable and everything. It's like my heart just can't take that stuff. It's I think that's why I don't watch a lot of those movies. But I was watching this thinking, oh my goodness, please do not something, please do not let something have happened to her husband to where there's just going to be some tragic end to this because it's like she looks so happy waiting for this reunion and of course it all went well and it was a big happy ending but whew. so yeah I hope everybody else was excited about season two as I was because I sure loved it like I said it's uh the Mandalorian's really going up high on my all-time favorite Star Wars universe of anything uh, it's just a great series. I've really enjoyed it. It's an easy watch. I mean, you know, it's eight, every season's eight episodes. So, I mean, you get glued and you can roll through them real fast. I think I spread them out over three days because I did the binge watch just now because I was waiting until all of them popped up to where I could just run through them all at once. So I think I ran through them in like three or four days. So, yeah, definitely an awesome season. I really enjoyed that a lot. That wraps up this week's edition of the podcast. Take care. God bless. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a great day.